Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. Look, this is revolting with Steve Lynn Robot on the Cycling Independent. It's episode 61, Trail to the Treasure. Content warning, if you don't like bad words and immature nonsense, this podcast isn't for you. Uh, so turn it off now and forever hold your pee. Uh, good morning, Robot. <laughs> You're so stupid. You are stupid. <laughs> uh, that is a fact. This is, um, we kind of like... We were just going through some, we were just talking about some stuff. I didn't want to bring this up. You just had your second 25th birthday and I missed it because I'm a horrible oh, friend. Shit. Uh, I'm 51. Second. Oh, my second 25th birthday. birthday. I, yeah. Uh, happy happy birthday. Oh, thanks. And the last time we talked to each other was last year. Last year. <clears throat> so this is 2023. This brand new year. We're just a few days into it and everything is already going sideways. I can't tell whether this is new <laughs> spiraling out of control or continuing to spiral out of control. Yeah. I, I sometimes wonder if, you know, when a new year happens or you have a birthday or whatever, and you're just like, you're like, okay, you know, new day, new me, turning over new leaves, like everything's going to be good. And then you wake up the next day and it's, we're putting too much pressure on, uh, reality shifting with new <laughs> ear, ear, a dawn of a new uh, year or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I had zero expectation that reality would shift, but I do, I'm not like a res resolution person, but I do, try to wrench my head out of my ass at the end of every year. Yeah. Like I, it is a, it is a moment. It is a turning point where you're like, Oh, maybe I could not fuck up this next year or at least the first two weeks of this next year. Yeah. Uh, well you, but also, um, you know, uh, that's an example of a situation in which you could give yourself a little bit of grace, you know, like, yeah, uh, I think you and I are notoriously hard on ourselves yeah. and when things, you know, get shitty and we internalize this stuff and, and own more of it than is reasonable. Uh, so I don't know. I've got no, I got no advice or insight. I'm still trying to figure out how to manage my own, uh, you know, keep my own ship afloat as it were. Yeah. So, uh, then it just becomes a matter of like taking every minute as it comes, you know, like for me, yeah. for sure. I believe everything is going to be, I believe it. I genuinely believe it's going to be a great year. I'm very excited for what we're going to do together this year yeah 
all the huge questions that we're going to answer <laughs> and the problems we're going to solve. I'm very excited about them. I actually think that this year is going to be great. I'm just, um, you know, I'm in my own way. Uh, still, uh, didn't get that solved and whatever. Let's yeah. But you're working on it and I'm working you know, on it. You haven't, you haven't given up. Uh, and that's, that's big. For no. both of us. I actually got a yeah. really amazing email from somebody yesterday, which I haven't gotten around to replying to, but they couldn't, they, they couldn't have been nicer to read and I'll share to you when we're done recording. But it was basically, you know, uh, one person who said, you know, essentially that they are on a very similar trajectory and they're dealing with a lot of really heavy life stuff and you know they exist professionally in a completely different realm than we do but um posing a lot of the same questions and and trying to answer a lot of them uh and it really resonated with this person and um yeah it was really touching so uh that was a nice way to you know close out 2022 or bring in 2023 uh, what did you do for New Year's? I mean, I know when this finally comes out, it'll be like February or whatever, but. Yeah, no one gives any shits about what <laughs> what happened through New Year's. Um, I developed a little tradition with some friends uh, over the last few years that we convene in Vermont. And. Uh, well, I guess traditionally we don't ski because the global warming, there's no snow in Vermont anymore. Uh, we did do a, a one morning's worth of skiing before all of the snow melted and ran down the mountain. Um, so that was nice. But we sit around, you know, it's like sitting around in a little cabin, um, talking a lot of nonsense, like good nonsense. And I love those people. I love my friends. Um, and it's great. And we eat food and whatever. It's nice. I like it's nice. It's not... No, that's great. Right. That's great. It's it kind of gives you a a point uh, or can give that sort of thing like a good tradition like that gives a person a good point of reference. You know what I mean? Like like I don't necessarily birthdays and holidays and whatever occasions I don't necessarily acknowledge them, but to have a thing where you say like it's like Thanksgiving. The the foundation of yeah. Thanksgiving uh I don't really care about, but taking an opportunity to be consciously thankful and together and loving and, you know, really count your blessings because it's so easy to get, you know, all of those things to get lost kind of in the daily noise. Uh, so I appreciate that you all got to do that. That sounds great. Yeah. It's it, like new year's Eve is my birthday. Um, and as I said to them this year, I was like, you know, and there's this nominal thing where like, oh, we're celebrating my birthday. But and I said to them, I was like, you know, I understand my birthday is like secondary or tertiary to what we're doing here. I, I feel like this is all of our birthday. And then my friend Jonathan was like, yeah, it would be uh, wouldn't it be neat if there was some time of year when you reflected on what had happened the year before and sort of, you know, tried to get yourself G'd up for that. I was like, oh, yeah, it's fucking New Year's Eve. OK, fine. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, you know, I think it's great. I feel like it's all of our birthday. Yeah. 
that we get together and we do this nice thing. That's cool. I like that. I, yeah. I support the hell out of that. Maybe I'll make it to one of those. Ah, God, that would be fucking great. Someday. Uh, someday. I mean, you know, why not? Like, what else do I have going on? Um, conversely, <laughs> I worked at a bar uh, and I... I, and it was terrible. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was fine. Everybody had a super great time. The place was jam fucking packed. Uh, one of the bartenders, uh, his partner, she was telling me at the end of the night, she was like, oh, my God, there was like it was like tits out for 23. You know, I said, what are you talking about? She said there was just there was boobs everywhere. And I was like, What? I didn't see any of the, I mean, I was hustling, you know, so of everybody that yeah. was raging, but I was just, you know, like cleaning and bar backing and you know, restocking and like I had my head down and I missed, I missed the party. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, I know. I mean, better like next you know, time. Blessings and curses, right? <laughs> <laughs> I walked out with a little bit of money in my pocket and got home at five and it took me two days to recover. Just like mm. I had to, I had to knock myself out last night. I had to sleep, you know, a full 12 hours to make up for the previous two days. Cause I'm not built for this shit, man. I've said it before. Like, it's no wonder that everybody in the service industry is on cocaine. Cause pulling shifts like that is just really difficult without some, uh, artificial support. Yeah. Anywho, uh, happy birthday. Happy new year. Uh, this is the 61st episode of, the revolting podcast and uh this episode's about trails what makes a yeah, good this, one what makes a this bad one, one how to ruin one. this one this one comes to i'm sorry i'm interrupting you <laughs> uh and how to use what's there without uh use what's there better without ruining it okay please continue oh i was just gonna say that i i wanted to apologize to ken barker who sent us this topic a long time ago like we were every week, we're like, so if you got things you want us to talk about, send them to us. And then like he sent it to us like months ago. And we didn't do anything with it. And we didn't. We didn't. And it's a great topic yeah. that I'm excited to talk about. And with springtime uh, a mere 17 months away, uh, this is, you know, uh, timely because timely topical top topical, I guess, because, you know, once springtime comes around. That's when uh, you start fixing all the damage from the winter and, you know, the dirt's good. And But it's always, I mean, working on trails is uh, should be a year-round thing and everybody needs to, if you use the trails, uh, you know, help maintain the trails. It's, it's just keeping your own house in order, really. I have a bee in my bonnet about this today. Okay. A real bee in okay. this bonnet that I have on. Okay. Um because I was on the trails yesterday. I was running. I did trail running yesterday. And the reason I did that, or one of the reasons I did that, uh, other than being invited by my friend Magna to do it, <laughs> was uh, that the trails are not in good riding shape right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in the freeze-thaw cycle yeah and people are waiting for the warm part of the day and then riding the trails and so they're all rutted and it's like you're we see the tire treads a holes like you're not sneaking this yeah and everyone like every all the all the like curmudgeonly hiker people who hate mountain bikers 
anyway are like, look at our trails. It's so clear that they've been fucked by you mountain bikers. And I'm, I belong to the mountain bike tribe, but I'm like, yeah, they're a hundred percent right. Yeah. They, uh, it, I don't know. I've thought about all, all of these different aspects of like trail access and, and like, um, efficient use and equal use and, and, um, uh, because in the, you know, having grown up, uh, for a number of years in the, in the Bay area and, and it's such a hotbed of, of cycling and, uh, trail, the trail access issues in the East Bay have raged for decades. Um, so I was always trying to be a pretty good advocate and, you know, there's this network of, uh, illegal trails in Berkeley and these yahoos were having like outlaw downhill races on them. And when I started writing these and I loved writing them and it wasn't an environmental issue, it was just whatever the campus, it was campus land. And they said that bikes weren't allowed because it was just for whatever reason, you know, but when I would ride them, I would be very conscientious and I would go in off hours and I rarely, if ever interacted with anybody on these trails, but it was just this amazing single trail single track from the very top the very bottom and it was brilliant and over the years new trails but it's just a spider web and a wash and riding during the winter so it was just you know if i was a hiker and i saw what happened uh because of mountain biking i would be pissed i mean i i'm a mountain biker and i was pissed you know, uh, it's just this, there's the, there's a real sense of entitlement. There's a real short field of vision. You know, you, I think it's, it's up to the bike manufacturers and it's up to the bike shops and like it, education has to, has to play into this. And, uh, you know, that kid had come into the bike shop that I worked at and he'd watch a video of some super kooky stuff going on in Kamloops or the North shore or whatever. They'd be like, ah, you know, UC Berkeley campus is right there. Let's go do that there without understanding any of the war that's waged to, to allow bikes, even on fire roads, you know, or they go to, there's, there's so much open space in the East Bay, um, uh, city and regional parks. And it's a pretty, it's, you know, to, to call it a contentious issue is putting it likely, but a kid who goes in or, or, you know, a random person who goes in and drops $8,000 on or $10,000 on a new mountain bike. And now you're a mountain biker and now you can go rip the trails and you have no idea what's going on or, you know, and so it's, it just, it's just like a big vicious cycle, I think. It is, it is. And it's, you know, we'll get actually we should do music picks and then jump back into this because I have I have a lot to say and we're going to we're going to just be at an hour before because I'm going to rant today. OK. And uh, uh, let's so let's do music picks and then we'll sh- we'll sh- take a quick break and we'll swerve back into this nonsense. OK, you uh, you is funny. Every time I listen to it, like when I go in and listen to one of our episodes, no yeah. matter where I click. It's just me jibber jabbering. It's every like I feel fucking eighty percent of this was just just talking shit. So uh, anyway, it's just not. We're giving the people what they want, which is you jibber jabbering. <laughs> and honestly, if I could, 
if I could have a whole, if this, if we should have a whole rev revolting, which is just you laughing, that would make <laughs> me happy. <laughs> There's two uh, things that make me happy about this podcast. One is you laughing. <laughs> and the other one is you being irritated with something I've just said. Those are the two things that I like. Dude, I, I don't know if it was lack of sleep or something. There's a, there's an episode that's, it's already been published obviously by the time this one is published, but I was just out of my mind and I haven't laughed that hard in so long. You know, it felt really good to do it. It's, it's not a, it's not a funny reality we live in. So, you know, when you, <laughs> you get the opportunity to laugh that hard, uh, given, you know, what is going on in the, in the daily reality, uh, God, it just felt, felt awesome. So thanks for that. So I you, appreciate it. You, po you posted that section of the just podcast. A, yeah. Just like your a side, which was great clip. I had someone, I had a mutual friend of mine reach out to me directly <laughs> to say how happy your <laughs> laughter had made them. And I said, do you want me to tell you what I said that made him laugh so hard? And sense. they said, yes. And I said, well, I'm not going to listen to the podcast. It wouldn't make any sense anyway. Cause I could hear, like I started laughing harder in response to something that you said, but you can't hear anything that you're saying. It's just no. me like pissing my pants. Well, you were out of control. Like, I don't think it had anything to do with me. I'll just say for people who have heard it that I don't think what I said was that funny. But Stevel had taken some sort of um, laugh suppository directly before the podcast. And he yeah. he was not in his mind. It was fun. It was fun. I needed it. Uh, so, yeah. OK, let's get on with, with music picks. What do you what do you what do you, so what do you got? Oh, I changed mine from what you're looking at in the notes too. So okay, suck on that. Um, I this week I'm picking uh, an album called Play Loud, which was made by the um, British band Working Man Noise Unit, which is a pretty cringy name. I can only imagine that it's less cringy in the kingdom that they live in. Uh. But the record, Play Loud, is really good. And it's part noise, part riff, and part sort of Fugazi. There's some tracks that you're like, did Fugazi write this song? Mm. I really love the, I really love that record. Never, um, never Working Man Noise it. Unit, Play Loud. Yeah, most people would not have, I don't, I, th I don't think a lot of people caught this. It was, it came out in 2015. Did mm. I say that already? I Probably. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, okay. Working man noise unit. Play loud. Yeah. Make a note of it. Uh, in episode 54, I picked a band called the big ups or just big ups. And they had a record called before a million universes, which is exceptionally good. It is my, I mean, they That's... broke up in like 2019, but it's, it's the best record of 2022, I think. Um, and I'm going to sh shallowly dip and say their last record called Two Parts Together is my is my new pick. It's not as good as before A Million Universes. I mean, it doesn't like I don't know what it is. It's like my brain or my ears are a very specifically configured outlet. And before a million universes has 
just the right number of tongs on their plug <laughs> that plugs into said outlet. That's just perfect. Uh, two parts together is also, re- I mean, it's really, really good. If I'd never heard before a million universes, I would say two parts together was one of my favorite records, but as it stands, that's my pick this week. The artwork is beautiful. The production is incredible. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just so good. I hadn't heard of big ups. Uh, and so when you picked them last time, I went out and listened to that record. And I think I texted you this big ups is RFG. And I don't know if RFG is a thing, but you immediately seemed to intuit what I meant, which is really fucking good. Why is an RFG a usual thing? I don't know. It Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Oh. Or maybe, I don't know. Sometimes, like, I'll get, um, uh, what is it, what, initials or abbreviations or whatever. Like somebody will text me something and I'll have to, like, just so I don't seem like the out-of-touch old guy, I have to, like, quick Google what the fuck they're talking about. A hundred percent, yes. Uh-huh. Or, you know, you see somebody who's like, what is, there's somebody, there's a term for someone who's um, basically, like, titillated by intellect like there's there uh is it demisexual i can't i don't remember the Ooh. term but i read that somewhere and i was like oh yeah demisexual totally me too i know what you're talking about and then i had to like <laughs> run away and <laughs> and, go- <laughs> and google it yeah and i think that's what it, i think that's what it is there's so I, I don't know there's maybe rfg is a thing if it's not then we just made it so we just made it send us one million dollars RFG, really fucking good. Um, I was in a meeting one time and a person was trying to say something was a pain in the ass. They were going to say that is such a like a PETA. But instead they said, oh, no, they were talking about a person. Well, that person is a pain in the ass. But instead of saying P-I-T-A or P or whatever, she said P-O-S. <laughs> was like, nice. <laughs> I was like, wow yeah swinging for the fences he's a piece of shit i had a messenger or- a dispatcher well he was a guy who owned one of the messenger companies under this umbrella where i was a messenger i was a messenger for one company and i think there was like six companies in this under this umbrella and he always used to john coles he owned uh escargo and then he mm. broke off from the dms and he started no bs Clearly, he's into initials, and so he always, yeah, he was always calling people a POS on the on the air. We <laughs> <laughs> were talking about cars that were posses. Yes, don't be such a pos. And it, so when I first started, when I first started messaging, and I was on the board, and I'd heard people say like, "Don't be such, don't be a pos." It took me like I had to sort of sit in the wings and wait until I could figure out <laughs> what the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I hadn't thought about that until right now. We're talking about Ken Barker. Ken Barker. He's a trail builder. Yes. And he sent us this as a topic suggestion a long time ago. Uh, We're bad at follow-up, so now we're getting to it. Yes, thanks. Thanks, Ken. Uh, You want to just jump in the questions? Yeah, let's do it. What sorts of things do your favorite trails have in common? Do you like them twisty, technical, flowy? What are the ingredients? Yeah, I mean, all those things. I think probably there's a trail. Uh, there's a there's a little park in my in the town I grew up in in Colorado uh, called Oliver. And there's a little trail on, I don't know, which side? 
I'm going to say the south side of the the sisters. It's a big rock formations. And there's one across Buffalo Park Road on Evergreen Mountain. And then there's one right on the, the south side of the park. I guess it's south side of the park. And these, it's just everything about them. It's the way the dirt sounds under my tires. It's a way like oh. there's mica. Is it mica or formica? You know, sort of like fool's gold. Like after a rain, the trail's all sparkly. I think that's mica. Mica, yeah. Formica is a countertop. Oh, that's a countertop. That's right. <laughs> um, mica, there's mica everywhere. And then you ride on the, there's like lichen on the on the rock. Lichen? Jesus Christ, what am I talking about? Yeah, um, the, yeah, lichen. Yeah, there's lichen on the rocks and the rocks are super grippy and they're like real spiny, you know, like Colorado granite, whatever. And... um. And when I write, like, it's the only trail that I've ever dreamt about, like, regularly. Like, I, I mean, not like daydream, but I have, I have dreams, sleeping dreams about riding this trail. And it's a little technical, not too much. It's real flowy, but it's not like purpose built to be like a flow trail. You know, I, the thing that I think that I love the most about trails is, is finding something that sort of has, it utilizes natural features and it maybe wasn't purpose built for mountain biking. Like the idea of going to a like Whistler, it has no appeal to me because that's just, it's just, it just seems so, I mean, it's, it is, it's all tailor made specifically for mountain biking. And I like to ride on stuff that maybe wasn't built for mountain biking, but is perfect for it. So Downeyville, that's another really good example. Like it's, you know, it's moto trails, but they're amazing to ride mountain bikes on. I don't know. It's just, it makes me feel like I'm more lost in the woods, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I think this is what a little bit what Ken was getting at because he is a trail builder. And I think there's a way to build trails that make them seem more natural than other ways to make them. Um, and I don't, I haven't, I haven't laid out or build built trails or built features on trails. So I, I, I will just say that. Yeah, I, I really like a place where the natural features of it are taken advantage of. Uh, there's a place that I ride or I've been riding uh, the last few months up here called, uh, this is such a new England name for a place. It's Lowell Drake at Tingsboro state forest. <laughs> and, um, there is a guy, I think his name is Dennis. Uh, but he has really built kind of a wonderland at this place. And the trails, the trails don't look like they've been, it's not like a, you know, nobody has taken a backhoe in. Nothing is like massively displaced, but like we have a lot of big loose rock here and he has somehow routed. The trails have been routed over these rocks and trees fall and he'll like chainsaw the top. And so there's a skinny there. Um, there's a lot of features that he's built sort of along the trails 
It's just brilliant. It's it's pretty technical. It's pretty punchy. It's pretty exhausting, but it's so fun to ride there. Um, and it is. It's all of these things, right? It's kind of twisty. It's technical. So there's challenges. There's some big drops if you want to, if you're that tough. But the drops aren't. I, th I think I think what's underlying my whole thing is I, I watch a lot of video of really good mountain bikers and they seem to all require heavy machinery to make massive jumps and like yeah clear runouts yeah that's kind of become i mean it, it i guess you know my perspective of of mountain biking is only uh three decades you know but it seems like now the mount what what a mountain biker is is totally different than what a mountain biker was 30 years ago and i'm not like sitting here and lamenting the the old days or whatever but it it's it's uh there's a it just there's no there's no i don't know like soul is so cliche but it just seems like you have these manufactured jump parks and everybody drives their bikes to the ride and you know you drive you drive your sprinter to the brewery afterwards and your knee pads around your ankle and your goggles on backwards and you sit you know and it's like it just i just i kind of bewilders me really you know like you need you need it's like it's like a skate park like a mountain mountain yeah. biking is just new it's new it's like a new skate park you go and ride this stuff that's purpose built for you and you don't really have a hand in making it and you know a lot of people are taking taking advantage of eating the bread but nobody's in the kitchen helping make it and i and i think i get a sense that that is um how things are now are a result of people having less investment in the places where they ride does that make sense it does. It does. I, I And I feel conflicted about it because a lot of the stuff looks really cool. You know, like I can't say that I don't enjoy a lot of it, but I'm always really concerned that like, did they bulldoze some shit to make the run out for that jump? Like, it just seems counter to kind of the ethic of mountain biking. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I mean, we have this, there's this huge parking lot that has been built to accommodate people coming to ride mountain bikes here because previously they were parking all along the road and it was a little dangerous and, you know, people were concerned, like, how do you get kids, you know, little kids that want to ride mountain bikes and how do you get them to yeah. whatever that side of the mountain is? And so there's this huge parking lot. And while I understand that there was a, a need they also took out, I think, four or five 400-year-old trees. And they couldn't leave these trees because the big trees needed the little trees around them to survive. So if they had left the big trees, they would have died anyway. So there's this huge parking lot, and the local uh, mountain bike organization had a picture of it on their Instagram feed, and people were calling it a beautiful park. It's a beautiful parking lot. And I'm just like... What the fuck, man? It's not. It's just a parking lot. And 
and and huge majestic old trees died for your convenience. Ah, and so you know this is me being kind of uh, sanctimonious. You know, like how can you call yourself somebody who loves to be in nature when when this is uh, this okay. is this is okay? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely a struggle, and I. I see I also, a need. I see the need for it, though. I mean, I have to. I have to counter it with that. Like to get the little kids up there to ride bikes. I understand the need for that. Um, there is a great deal of laziness. Like you can ride to trail from town in in fifteen minutes, but but people will drive that fifteen minute ride. Even you know, like like. But, People, I love this story. This woman was who I know was riding with this friend of hers and she's 60 or something. And she came upon these two fellows unloading their bikes out of the back of their truck. This 15 minute ride like it's she said, oh, hey, cool. You know, where are you guys coming from? And they're like, oh, we live in town. And then she just fucking laid into him. She's like, are you <laughs> kidding me? I'm a 60 year old woman. And I rode here like you guys should be ashamed of yourself. Blah, 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 blah. Which I understand doesn't necessarily you attract more uh, flies with honey than you do vinegar. And so they, they might've just been like, Oh, fuck that old lady. Like I'm just going to continue to drive to spider sort of a thing maybe, or maybe they realized, Oh, I can ride just, just ride across town to get to the trails. But that's always kind of yeah. like, that's the thing that kind of irks me. Yeah. I would like to see mountain bikers who theoretically love to be in the woods think a little harder about being in the woods. I think a lot of trail builders do, but I'm real leery of projects where trees are cut, uh, oh, big right. swaths, big <laughs> swaths of stuff. I forgot are that's like, what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Real leery of like, yeah, the, uh, we need a real clear run out for this giant jump we just built. So we're going to like bulldoze and flatten. So it's like a perfect landing spot. And to me, I mean that it's a problem environmentally, but it's also a problem from a mountain biking point of view. My, my view on mountain biking is like if a tree falls across the trail, learn to ride over the tree. Mm, well, it depends on the situation, because if you learn to ride over the tree, you're going to go over to where there is no trail. And then you're going to make this new you're going to be you're going to be riding through grass or wetland or stuff like. No, I'm saying you go over the tree. But it's, if the tree it's is falling across the. Tr oh, like that. I thought I see. I was thinking like at an angle, you know, where it's too low to ride under and it's too high to ride over unless you ride over to where the, the bottom is, you know, but if it's like. Sure. If it's just no, laying, no. if it's laying flat across the trail. Yeah. It's a, then it becomes sort of a natural feature. Yeah. I'm a real big fan of like ride it as it, as it lies. Yeah. Um, and you can't, sometimes you have to get off your bike. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I do during the winter. I mean, there's so much stuff falls around here too, though, that, you know, like little trees, medium sized trees, and they're sort of crisscross all over the trail and stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ride with a saw, cut, cut some of that stuff out of the way. That's just yeah, kind of, that's just a, sort of part of the culture here though. No, I don't have a problem with that because what you're doing is you're keeping people from riding around off trail and around right. and making those, those other shitty little 
uh, cutout or b- bypass trails. I yeah. don't have a problem with that. I just think like deal with what's there, uh, either with a saw or get off your bike or learn learn to you know bunny hop or or however you have to do it. You know, I think that's what you should do. And this is part of what I love about the place that I ride is that there's definitely been a lot of work put into uh, making features into features like, oh, you ride up this boulder and maybe they leaned a rock so you could get off without breaking your face. I'm okay with that as long as it sort of fits in the context of the place where you are. And I know that a lot of this is kind of nebulous, right? There's a lot of like gray area. For people sure. have to make have to make judgments, but I just think we should really always be erring on the side of not fucking with the woods. I'm I'm with you on that, and well, that's that's what I like about that's what I like about riding mountain bikes or riding bikes in the woods is feeling like like nobody's ever really been here before, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, it has <gasps> been. What is the? There's an adage like uh, humankind needs environments that haven't been touched by the hand of humanity or something like that. It's more, it was kind of somebody sent it to me in response to like rock stackers. Uh, and so I'm always like kicking rock towers over unless it's an actual trail marker. But if you're just out there, like being Andrew Goldsworthy jr, like, Oh, it's so Zen stack rocks. I'm going to fucking kick that shit over. Uh, anyway, in response to that, it was just something, it was something about being, the human spirit needs environment that hasn't been touched or that looks like it hasn't been touched by the hand of person or something. And, and that's something that I really like about, like, obviously there have been people here, you know, but you're sitting there and it's quiet and the trail runs by you. Maybe you're sitting by a Creek or whatever. And it's just, it's just you in the woods. And that's, that's brilliant. Do I get, would I get that from someplace that had like big structures and wall rides and all that? No, no. Cause it's just, you're just, you're in a park. You know? Yeah. Don't. Uh, well, don't buy, and this is, I think this is probably gets into our shared aesthetic, right? Like I would rather watch an hour of street skating than 10 minutes of park skating. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not that park skating isn't cool. It, I like plenty of people do cool stuff in parks, but it's sort of like, yeah, it was made for you to do cool stuff. Okay. Well, it's true. And that's something that, you know, now that you bring it up, like that's something that I've always really loved about skateboarding, like skating a place that's tailor made. And this has been this way for since I started skating 1982, like a, a, a bank behind a, like at a loading dock or a parking block or a drainage ditch or something that wasn't made purposefully for skateboarding has always been more intriguing to me. Like not only intriguing, but entrancing. Like it is just like, I remember running into this parking lot when I was a kid in Cherry Creek, it was a parking garage and I, I got to the top floor and it was like, it was like a puppy had been let off his leash like there was just this parking, this curb, there's so much cement. And then there was just so, it was like limitless possibilities. There was nothing telling me how I needed to, how I needed to utilize this, you know, air quote, this canvas. And so right. when I see trails that are sort of naturally made, that, then I, then my mind just goes off into space. Like 
nobody's telling me how I'm supposed to use this or ride this or, or what tricks might be done or, or what lines I might take. I know I'm just making this up as I go. And that's now that we're talking about this and I'm thinking about it, like that's been far more interesting to me my entire life than being told where to go or how to ride or what the environment in which I do any of my things is supposed to look like. Same yeah, with backcountry. I think that's a huge backcountry skiing. Like I would, yeah. I would much rather backcountry ski. I did, you know, or backcountry snowboard than go to a place to to do that's built for it. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think it's that sense of dis- discovery. And it goes back to uh, last episode, or two episodes ago, or six episodes ago. One of those episodes ago, um, you know, we talked about finding treasure every you know mm-hmm. uh and it's that same thing right it's like i'm just i look i discovered this uh bank i discovered this thing there's a sense of discovery of like oh i found this trail and it's like this uh, yeah yeah i i thrive on that and i you know i feel like i want to i want to I wanna qualify what we're saying and I, you know i don't think that what we're saying our perspective is better or worse than someone else's perspective you know i don't want somebody to listen to this who's just like who's really into park riding and thinking that we're like somehow putting ourselves above them it's not that it's just we're this is what this is what really lights a fire under us this sort of That's environment right. this sort of discovery this sort of i personally think it's better <laughs> but I mean, that's just, you know, that's just, that's just my, well, my there's outlook. this, th- there's a balance, right? Because obviously we ride on trails, the trails have been made by people. And so, you know, like I love to go up to kingdom trails in Northern Vermont. A lot of that stuff is designed and laid out. And what's great about it is that the trail designers take a, an approach that lets you discover the place and express yourself on the terrain without being too like, Oh, well you go over this jump and then you go over this jump and then you go over like when I go mountain biking, I don't want it to be a series of like, can you do this? Can you do that? I want it. I want to like discover it. And, um, I want it to be a little random and a little variable. And, there's a way to design those that experience. I'm sure Ken, who sent us this, has got uh, a perspective on it. Yeah, and I've you know I'm ne- I've never designed a trail. I've done tons of trail work, uh, but I always just kind of, you know I'm just the guy with a pick or a shovel, and I'm I'm going where the people are telling me to go, and you know putting this kind of dirt that needs to go in a certain place or work on drainage or whatever. Like I've done a ton of work and I love, I love that stuff. And since I've moved to Washington, I've met a couple of guys and I think they probably build trails more than they ride. Like they absolutely love it. They're just so into it. And one of my all time, my all time favorite trails anywhere, but for sure my, my favorite trail here was built by this one guy that I've ended up being friends with. You know, and like, I just imagine him as this old sort of wizardy, like, tr- like, tra- like curmudgeon, you know, and then I met him and he's, he's like 10 years younger than me. 
<laughs> you know, but he's like, he's, they're both they're He's brilliant, you know, like, yeah. and, and when you, t- when you start talking about purpose built trails too, they, they take erosion into, con- in, into consideration and, and being yes. mountain bikers, they know what's going to be fun to ride, but how do you build that with, you know, keeping everybody's wants and needs in mind and to be able to pull that off, I think is, is a, a real talent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so question two, how are we fucking this up? <laughs> In what ways are cyclists mistreating trails or making bad trails? I, well, you know, riding during the winter, uh, pink bike, every video I've ever seen on pink bike shows somebody like absolutely blazing into a corner and then skidding. Uh, you know, just don't like ride it. Don't slide it. That seemed, that was a pretty, uh, common directive when I was coming up and now it's just like, well, no skidding is just how you, what you do. Um, yeah. Uh, riding as fast as humanly possible on all trails, not really taking the fact that you are going to be riding with other trail users. Uh, uh, maybe, I, I swear if everybody just put in a little bit of sweat equity, it would change the face of mountain biking, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I news. agree with that. And I'll go back to what I said before, like in the, in the, in the, this time of year, in the thaw free cycle, you, I'm sorry, guys, you have to ride the freeze side. You have to be on the trail when the trail is hard. Yeah. Not wait for the trail to soften up rut it up, leave your tracks, and then, uh, whoa, whoa, but it was too cold to ride earlier. Well, it was too cold to ride. It was too cold to ride. I'm uh, sorry. Well, Fantino, and I've talked about this a lot, like people, <clears throat> you know, the, the years I lived in Santa Cruz, people just absolutely could not not ride their mountain bikes. Like, it's winter. It's wet. Yeah. The trails are are more... Um, uh, vulnerable. But thank you. They're They're more vulnerable. So... And I always contended that if people just stayed off of the trails for a winter, everything would grow back and, and trails would be perfect. And, you know, but it's just, it's sad to see when you see what was single track turn in to a 15 foot wide, rutted, rooty, rocky wash. And then all of that stuff is flowing into the, creek and you know there are again they're vulnerable there's vulnerable populations of newts salamanders salmon whatever actually let I me mean, think the river's too polluted for the salmon anymore but you're not you're not you're not operating in this vacuum you know like and i you i think people's the idea uh, or people's ideas of what they're doing or how they're operating and how it doesn't affect any of the other residents of the woods of the, you know, like that right. people just like, it's just, too, there's like a small, small picture mentality. And I think that's kind of dangerous. So that's a way that we're fucking it up. Yep. I think, I mean, again, just my perspective, man. Yeah. We're going to be, we're before we bum people out too late. Let's do the Would You Rather, which I hope will bum them out. <laughs> Is that? Oh, yeah, we're closing in on an hour, eh? Yeah, we uh, gotta, we gotta, you know. What do you keep think? It, keep it, keep it jamming. What do you think? <laughs> do you, did we, uh, did we, you know, like I would encourage people, if anything, if, if there's any takeaway, I would encourage people to do 
uh, just, you know, do some internet searches and find out uh, local advocacy groups and do trail work. Do uh, instead of riding one weekend or riding one Saturday, like go and spend a Saturday digging dirt and you might make some new riding friends. Uh, certainly every time I ride by a section I've helped build or maintain, I've, there's this like little sense of like, oh man, I did this, you know, an inner, an inner boner. Would you call it an inner boner? Well, there's a little bit of, it, it rhymes with boner, but there's uh, is ownership. You get this sense of <laughs> nice. You get this sense of ownership of this place that you love and this place that you ride and, and not, it's not just a place that you go and like shred and then go drink beers afterwards with your friends or whatever. It's, it's something that you've invested time and effort into beyond riding. And, and that means a lot to me in my experience. And I would encourage other people to investigate how that might make them feel too. That's God my damn, That was good. Okay. That was good. Uh, <laughs> oh, and before we, before we get to, would you rather, I'll just say, Hey, Ken, thanks for this. If you're listening Hit me up. I would love to get uh, a piece. Uh, uh, I would love to get your take. Uh, maybe we could put that out on Cycling Independent. Anyway, would you rather? He's going to listen to this and just be like, nope, you guys fucked everything up. That None of that was right. None of that <laughs> was right. clueless. Have you even been outside? <laughs> uh, okay, would you rather? Would you rather be able to make people crap themselves with your mind? Or be able to rewind time by 30 seconds. Either of these, you would just be able to do once a day. So, here's how I would thought about this. At first, I thought, I was, in, I was driving my car somewhere, and I was irritated because I always am when I'm inside a car. And I was like, I wish I could make that guy crap himself, <laughs> just with my mind. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I would really love for people who fuck things up in traffic, for I could just be like, zonk, and they shit, <laughs> shit themselves. And over time, everyone realizes that you have to drive well or you shit yourself. And you don't even know why. You don't know that I did it. But, like, but then it cleans up my town. And then, you know, like, the whole thing just gets better. <laughs> so that was my opening thought for Would You Rather. But then I thought, you know, that's really that assumes that I'm I'm worthy of judging other people's behavior. Mm -hmm. I myself am a shit for brains often, and I will either say or do something almost daily that I wish I could just run back. Like, how valuable would it be? Here's a good example. I ran into my friend Margie this morning. Uh, she had just zipped up her coat jacket and she said my mom died over Christmas and I was like oh no and when she zipped up her coat jacket the hood sort of like inverted itself and was like stuck and I reached over to tuck her hood in and she reached forward like I was going to hug her and she deserved a hug so then I hugged her because her mom died and I tried to like give her a good hug, but I'd already fucked it up by actually <laughs> letting my OCD just be like, let me fix your hood. And I, so, yeah. Well, when you, when I read this, I was thinking like, okay, it, you could just like go do zapped, you know, zap people for, you know, sometimes it, 
And you couldn't get a stockpile of these, so you couldn't be like, well, I haven't done it for 15 days, so I can make 15 people shit themselves today. You no, can't, no, no. You can't do that. Um, but what I was also thinking is if you could if you could rewind time by 30 seconds, if at the end of the day you you saw some newspaper article about a a, ran, a person catching a bullet in the street like that you know like this person was walking mm -hmm. down the street and there was a drive by and and they caught a stray or whatever you could maybe use that 30 seconds you could go find that person at the beginning of the day and post and and stop what they were doing just to interrupt their day potentially long enough so that they weren't in the trajectory or they weren't in the path of that bullet for example like you could, but then I was like, then you're fucking with the sort of the space time continuum and you, you know, like that requires a lot more time travel than just the 30 second rewind. Well, no, but if you knew you said they said you read the article. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, no, you couldn't. <laughs> that wouldn't work at all, would it? No, um, it wouldn't work. <laughs> and you really I like it. I like that you try to turn a lot of these into altruistic things. It's like, I'm a, like it's a superpower. You know, if you got a superpower, how do you use a superpower for good? I mean, you can't really making somebody shit themselves is also a superpower. And there's really, there's really no good that could come of that for anybody. Except you I, see, make I you disagree. I disagree. People who are behaving badly. How many people who are behaving badly would have to shit themselves directly after behaving badly before people were like, you know what? You should be cool because otherwise... You'll shit yourself. Can you do it like remotely? Yeah. Or do you have to be standing Once again, in front of the Once again, anywhere person? on the earth. You could be like Vladimir Putin rolls out of bed every morning. Bazonk. Oh, dude. <laughs> Shits himself every day. I would. Man, uh, Washington, D.C. certainly wouldn't be safe. No. I would, everybody there would constantly be shitting themselves. Um. Oh, I mean, that would be fun. And I like the bazonk sound effect. <laughs> uh, How often do you think you'd climb into bed at night and re realize that you had forgotten to make someone shit themselves and like <laughs> climb back out of bed? <laughs> <laughs> and just just go for that one person who you're always getting like, oh, it's just a standby. They're like that or, the, exactly. uh, like, or the standard. They're, that's just who I, that's who, I, that's just who I bazonk every day. I forget yeah. to bazonk anybody else. Yeah. Oh, but the 30 God. second rewind lets you correct your mistakes. I will say, I want to clear this with you before Margie told me that her mom died. She's Canadian. Margie. Uh, I love Margie so much. She's such a nice lady. And she walked up. She's like, she said, oh, happy new year. I said, happy new year. I said, oh, actually, when do Canadians celebrate happy new year? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And the look, the look of disappointment on her face <laughs> made me very happy. And then she said, my mom died. And I was like, oh, fuck, uh, I really should rewind this whole thing and make my, and then crap my own pants. When I was in high school, there was a uh, there was a uh, exchange student from Belgium. And yes. we used to ask her all the time, like, do you have chewing gum there? Uh, <laughs> do you know what chocolate is? And and, and my friend uh, Dave Strunk and I would constantly, and she, she was, you know, she had good humor because 
we were we were playing the role of like the ugly American. Like, so what yeah. do you wear on your feet? Do you have shoes? And eventually, she I think she got tired of our hijinks, but uh, I, I liked that game. Um, Margie's that reminds me. Margie's husband did this thing. They had they had some grad students from some like Sweden, maybe. And he convinced them that here it was in or no, this was in Canada in grad school in Canada. It was traditional um, at like a good tiding to say to people to make this gesture and uh, say, have another portion. Oh, like what is that? It's, uh, that's what you do. That's it's the V chop on sort of where your legs insert into your torso. But that's yeah. the, uh, the Italians. I think they do that. They say vaffanculo, which I think means fuck your ass. Oh. And you do that, chop, chop. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> so it's he pretty a, aggro. He had a bunch of Swedish uh, grad students chop, chopping. Yeah, they were chopping and say, <laughs> ah, have another portion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like a... Wi- like a, I, I, uh, uh, a tiding of like, I hope that... The- <laughs> I wish plenty upon you. That's have a, another portion. That's amazing. I I like yeah. that a lot. Well, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say uh, I I I just don't know what I would do with 30 seconds personally. Maybe if oh okay, you get hit by a car and you're like oh I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take a second before I put myself in that place. I mean you could you might only use it one time, but you might be able to use it to save someone's life. Or your own. Anytime you take a hard digger on your mountain bike, anytime um, you, uh, I mean, I say the wrong thing a lot. You can imagine. Don't have to imagine. I've been there. No. (laughs) I'm going to say, I'm going to say just for the sake of argument, because it might be the most useful thing. I'm going to say the 30 seconds. Unfortunately, I think the 30 seconds is the right answer, but the, I have real, I have a real like pit of my stomach disappointment in giving up. I know the pants crapping power. Same, same. Uh, and I know that like every time I didn't use the 30 second power, I would think, man, I could have made somebody shit themselves today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening to revolting. We know it wasn't easy, uh, but we hope you're a better person for it. If you actually like the revolting podcast, please tell a friend to consider subscribing to the cycling independent. It's how we pay ourselves, which most of the time is very little. Uh, so on behalf of the cycling independent, I'm Steve. Don't forget to say.